Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Kid Missing Radio. I'm your host, Angelina Wilson. Today, we have the mother of Rosie Tapia, Lewin Tapia. Rosie was abducted and murdered from her Salt Lake City, Utah home. Um, sadly, she was found in the river behind the apartment complex where she lived. She had been sexually assaulted and beaten. Um, she also had been apparently held under the water. Um, what do you remember about that day? I know that earlier that day or the day before, somebody had, a man had carried her back to the apartment from the complex playground. Earlier that day or the day before? Um, that evening, me and my husband went out to a dance. And when we left the apartment, Rosie went back out to play with the twins. And when she ended up getting hurt in the playground on the slide, and a man brought her back home, stating that she had got hurt on the slide. Yeah. So when he arrived at the apartment complex, the apartment where we lived, my daughter seen him from the front window and hurried up and opened the door and took Rosie out of his arms, and he had told her that she had got hurt. Um. But didn't Rosie say she actually hadn't gotten hurt? Yes. Uh, when my daughter asked her if she had gotten hurt, she said that, no, she did not get hurt. That must have seemed really weird. Can you do me one small favor? Uh-huh. It's It's conflicting. Can you turn your computer volume down a little bit? I can hear the show back and it's it's conflicting a little bit. Okay. I apologize. That's okay. Cuz at first I wasn't sure if that was you talking and it was just a bad phone connection or what it was, but now I know what it is. Um and then in the middle of the night that night she was taken. Uh yes, I got home around oh probably about about three o'clock in the morning, and my daughter had told me what had happened and about this man, and my husband got mad and went straight to bed, and I started talking with my daughter, um, Emma, and then I went into the room to check on the kids, and I closed the window, but I didn't close the window all the way because it gets kind of stuffy in the room. Yeah. And I give the I give the kids all kiss good night and my son was in his bed and Rosie and my daughter and Jellica were on the other bed and I left the door open. I did not close the door and I told my daughter, Well, I'm gonna to go to bed and my daughter and her friend went to sleep on the sofas and my grand granddaughter was sleeping on the floor right next to my daughter. So and your daughter's a lot older. 
Yes, he was 18 when this happened. Um, and then early in the morning, about 5 o'clock, um, I just woke up and I felt that I needed to go and check on the kids. I don't know why. I just had this feeling that I needed to go in and check on them. So when I opened my bedroom door, I seen that their bedroom door was closed, but it wasn't closed all the way because my daughter had a white rope hanging on the door. So I I had this weird sense of feeling when I'm walking down towards the room. And since I got to the door, I pushed open the door and the first thing I saw was the window was wide open. Their curtains was falling to the ground. The blinds were teared down. And the blind, uh, the scream outside was thrown to the side. I looked and my son was still in his bed. And Angelica, where she was sleeping that night... She was on the side where Rosie was sleeping, but Rosie wasn't on the bed. So I started searching for Rosie. I was calling her name all over, and I went into the empty bedroom, and she wasn't in there. I went into the bathroom. She wasn't in there. So I started down the hall, and I started screaming at my daughter, Rosie's not in her bed. Get up. We need to look for her. So I went in the room, my room, screaming at my husband to get up that Rosie was missing. And I looked in my hall closet and see if she was there, my walk-in closet, and she wasn't in there. And I looked in my bathroom and she wasn't there. And I started screaming and my husband and my daughter and her friend took off outside to go see if they could find her. She, you know, happened to go outside. But... I just uh, called the police, and I called my brother and told my brother, and by 6 o'clock, everyone arrived at the complex. Wow. And you only had two hours sleep. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that nobody heard anything with all the window dressings torn down and or one of the twins come run to you well the neighbor upstairs said that they heard someone screaming but they didn't know that it was coming from our apartment they didn't bother to look outside to see what was going on so they heard somebody screaming but they didn't but care you, enough you to look out the window. But you didn't. I didn't hear the scream, no. Oh, cool. Because my, my room is far, it was far to the front, and theirs yeah. were, their bedroom was facing the main entrance when you walk, uh, drive in. So my door was closed to my bedroom, so I didn't hear anything. My daughter said she didn't hear anything. So I don't know if Rosie was screaming or what was going on because I didn't hear it. Hmm. I'm surprised 
one of the twins didn't come and get you, being so little. Um, but we do have a caller. Looks like they're from Western Massachusetts. Hello. Hi, and Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't know if you're talking to me, Mary Rose. No, I'm talking. Yes, I'm talking to you. Oh, I just called in because I wanted to hear the show, but I I just figured out how to call in, and I I don't exactly have anything much to say except offer my sympathies because I'm the daughter of another missing, of a missing. I mean, excuse me, I'm the mother of a missing daughter, and um, so certainly want to offer offer my my. deep compassion and I want to finish listening to this interview and then maybe I'll have a question to ask or a comment to make I just yeah thank you okay thank you that was nice Mrs. Tapia huh yes Um, Mary Rose is my name by the way yes Mary Rose my daughter was, was Annette yeah yes I just had you on you're a lovely lady thank you thank you so I'll just listen to the rest of the interview, if I may. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you were recently on on the case with Paula Zahn. Yes, I was. Finally getting some national attention to this case. Uh, yes, um, but I also, um, before I even went on Paula's show, I, I've always, put Rosie's um, story out every year um, on her anniversary and on her birthday um, that anyone in the state of Utah or anywhere, if they had any information, you know, they could come forward. And I didn't want her story to die and Mm. people to forget about her. So when my sister wrote to Paula Zoncho and they called and they told me that they wanted to do Rosie's story. So we flew out to New York and we went and did the story and I was so grateful for her doing the story because we did get some uh, calls coming in on that from the show. So Wonderful. Um, okay. Apparently, your complex was very large. As I mentioned, she was found in the river. And yes. Now, I don't know if there was any DNA on her, but apparently they're trying to test DNA on a Barbie doll that was left on her grave. Yes, there, um there was some DNA on her, but I'm not sure exactly um, what kind of uh, DNA they found on her. I'm thinking that some of it is on her nails, but I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, they did do um, some testing on the Barbie doll, and they did come up with some um I don't know what you call them, but they they're holding on to it and and yeah. hopefully they could be able to run it uh and 
with this new technology that's going out. Yeah. Or in the family tree DNA, which I did. Um, If you have any information, you can go to whokilledrosie.com. You can also call the tip line at 388-258-3313. Um, and apparently two of the persons of interest actually had a fascination with Barbie, as I understand. Yes. Mm. Um, with our, my private investigator, um, Jason Jensen, um, since working on the case for the last few years, he's done a great job working on my daughter's case um i think this year alone with the, her story coming out on paula and other the utah coalition uh for cold cases and with him and the attorney that works with us Kara porter they've done a marvelous job for me and my family um We've been getting more leads. We've been getting more coverage on my daughter. And so we're hoping that this year will be the year that we could possibly solve her case. Mm. Oh, I pray that that will happen. I pray that will happen for both of you. Now, a man came forward to report seeing a teenage boy with wet jeans and a white pickup truck at the canal later that morning with a little girl. I was going to say better uh-huh. late than never, but apparently he tried telling somebody before. You know, um, yes, the he tried reporting it before, but it just slipped through the cracks. Yeah, the witness came forward in one of our interviews that we were having at the complex, and after the meeting, he came forward to me and told me that he's always watched me on the news and that that he always wanted to come up forward and give me this information. And he told me what he had saw, so I sent him to Jason to talk with Jason. And so... We couldn't find the exact house where he lived. We had got kind of confused with the address. But then um, Marcos Ortiz from the Channel 4 News here, he found out where he lived, and we three went to go visit him. And he told us that he'd seen a white pickup truck with the man sitting in the truck uh, with, like, a straw hat on. And he would just park there. And then all of a sudden, he left. And a few minutes later, this young kid came out by the canal and started walking towards his house. And he goes, well, that's a pretty neat kid, you know. Um, Nice, cleaned up, uh, clean-cut kid, you know, walking by. Yeah, he said he was Hispanic, and he was, like, between the ages of maybe 17, 18 years of age. He goes, the closer the kid 
got, the better he got a look at his face. And then he noticed that his pants were wet from the knees down. Mm-hmm. And so he goes that he got a good look at this kid walking by. And then the, the morning that they found Rosie's body in the canal, the witness said that he tried to get the attention of the, the detectives there, but nobody wouldn't pay attention. And then three years later, he went into the office, and they wanted to give him pictures of older men. And he goes, this was the young kid. I don't want to look at pictures of older guys. He goes, this was the young kid. So he got frustrated with the the detectives, so he left. So never got a hold of the... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I can understand why you would have trouble locating his apartment. I saw the aerial view of your complex, and it's a complex complex. <laughs> yeah, it was. it's a pretty big um, apartment complex. Um, I lived right in the front, um, but uh, the witness lived down the street, not too far from the complex. Oh, he didn't live in the complex? No, he lived uh, where the canal was. He lived on the other side. Oh. Mm. That makes sense. Would you please tell us about Rosie's law that was passed last year? Yes. um, When Utah Coalition came together, um, they found out, along with Jason, that the database that they had for Salt Lake, they didn't have no information on any of the cold cases. So the reason for Rosie's Law is to be able to get the, a new data, database to that all law enforcement could put all their information into this database that anywhere that anybody needed to find out about any cold cases, they we have the information in the database. So Rosie's Law passed, and we got that new database that was set up a month ago, I guess it was, and the first case they put in there was Rosie's. Congratulations. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Yeah. But I thought that missing children and murder victims was excuse me, that's my timer. Um that's my oven timer. My turnovers are done. Um we're supposed to go into the N C I C database anyway. Yeah. But um it's National Crime Information. Of, yeah, it's helping a lot of cold cases here in Utah because, you know, there's a lot of cold cases. There's more than 200 cold cases here in Utah alone. And so we needed that uh, data that they could log into that and put all the information that we needed for the state. So 
it was a good law that passed in Rosie's name. Mm. That's that's wonderful. I, I just um, was thinking about over 200 cold cases, and I was thinking about the population of Utah versus the population here in Massachusetts. Boy, that's a lot. We probably have that alone in Boston. I mean, you know, wouldn't yeah. you say, Mary Rose? <laughs> Oh, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, I, I really don't know. When you say cold cases, you mean for unresolved um, homicides? Yeah, unsolved yeah. cases, yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't have a clue. Oh, go ahead. Now, they were, they were testing the DNA under her fingernails, um, as you mentioned earlier, and... I don't know if they're going to do this or not, but they can go through the DNA, the Ancestry DNA sites. Um, uh, yeah, we're hoping um, to be able to do uh, some of the testing or, um, through the Utah Coalition. They're Kara Porter. Uh, they're getting a new DNA uh, office building here in Salt Lake. Oh, wonderful. And it'll be opening soon. Um, and that's so, if anybody's listening out there, we are trying to raise money to help get this going because we do need something to help us. Now, here does in the Cold the State. Coalition, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was going to ask if they have a website that people can go to to learn more, to possibly donate. Yeah, there is a, a website for it's the Utah Coalition for Cold Cases, and they do have a GoFundMe uh, to help raise the money. Wonderful. Sorry I interrupted you. Now, originally they told you that there was no DNA under her fingernails. Was that because of 1995 technology? They didn't think there was? Because this happened August 30th. I'm not sure what went on in those years in the beginning because I used to ask the detectives if they had DNA on Rosie, and they would say, oh, well, we have some, but... We don't know if it's enough. You know, mm. I just got these kind of answers from these detectives. They never give me a yeah. straight-up answer. Mm-hmm. So how Blame. long was... Yeah, exactly. So how long... Pass the buck to the next guy. <laughs> so yeah. how long was it between when she was taken and when she was found? So if somebody came in and took her, they took her from the hours between 3 and 5 in the morning, and mm-hmm. she was found around 9 o'clock, a little after 9 or 9 o'clock that morning. Oh, that same morning? Yeah. Wow. Did you have any other questions, um, Mary Rose? Oh, no, but I'm just so saddened about these all these 23 years and you still don't have answers yeah I guess the difference between your cases is they found her daughter 
and as horrible, and I can't even imagine the scream that must have come out of you, <coughs> your daughter, you still can't lay her to rest. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of hard because my brother walked in, and by the look in his face, I knew that it was Rosie that they found. Yeah. So right there and there, I I lost it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My heart goes out to you. Levine, is that how you pronounce your name? Louine. Louine, my heart goes uh-huh. out to you. And well, she was a beautiful. You. I'm sorry about your loss, too. Thank you, Louine. She she was a beautiful, beautiful child, Rosie. I'm looking yeah, at a picture. How old was she? Six. Was she six? When, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful child. Um, and so I'll pray that you can get some resolution. It seems like they should have found something by now, yeah. but What's but that? I understand that they haven't. Now, um, yeah. I should mention that the Barbie that was found was called a Sweetheart Barbie, and it was made in 1994, the year before. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just in case that, you know, somebody in the area maybe knows somebody that bought one that didn't have a kid or, you know. Yeah, it wasn't a brand new Barbie because um, there was some, uh, you know, stuff missing off of it, but yeah. it was clean and and that, and it was just sitting there at the cemetery about a couple of weeks after Rosie passed, and a lot mm-hmm. of people left a lot of stuff at the cemetery, and I would just bring it home and. I put it in into a case along with her pictures and that. And the Barbie said in the, her case for years until uh, a year ago when they they asked me for the Barbie that they could do some testing on it. Because how, of how long after on other graves? The, I'm sorry. Because of Barbies that were left on other graves. No. Um, uh, one of the suspects that they thought, you know, uh, we're not ruling them out yet, but um, apparently we thought maybe uh, he put that on Rosie Grave after Rosie passed away. We're not sure, but uh, I guess he liked Barbie dolls or something, so I'm not sure exactly what's going on with that. A lot of unanswered questions. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them, including why on earth police decided that the guy that carried your daughter home, the, day, the evening before she was abducted, I don't believe in coincidences like that, was a good Samaritan. That just blows my mind. Yeah, I was kind of shocked on that, too, because... Over the years, you know, you know, uh, you see all these uh, crime shows and everything, and everybody's writing on their little notebooks and everything, you know, names, uh, everything like this. But this mm-hmm. Good Samaritan, these detectives, they don't have a clue who who he was. They just said that he was a Good Samaritan, that he just brought Rosie home because she got hurt on the playground. But to this day, we don't know who this Good Samaritan is. What's his name? If he lived in the complex, what was he doing really? at the playground? 
Yeah. We don't have any of that information because they don't have it. Well, you then, mm. because I read in an article that they actually did question the man. Yeah, they did, but um, they just rooted out that he was a good Samaritan, but in the records, they don't have his name or anything. We don't know who he was, and my private investigator, he tried trying to find out who this good Samaritan is, and we we don't have no clue who, who he was. Yeah. That, that's got to be frustrating. Did the police ever try to talk to the twins? They did. Uh, they, the first detective uh, took my son in and tried. And my son did say that it was a man with facial hair, but I'm not sure if my son knew what he was talking about because, you know, he was only four, four years old. He... I don't really think he knew what he was talking about or what was going on. You know, maybe he did. I'm not sure what a four-year-old could remember. Yeah. One never knows. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> because even now that they're 20 years eight, 20 year eight, they're 28 years old. I ask them, do you guys even remember anything? Do you guys remember anything about Rosie being taken out of the window? And he tells me, no, I don't know anything, he goes. So. The person that took her had to be watching, though, because it's my understanding that that's the first night she slept in that room. No, they were in the bedroom for not even a month uh, when my 18-year-old moved out of the apartment, um, we had two empty bedrooms, and the kids were sleeping in our room. We had a day bed in for the girls, and my son Robert would sleep with us. And Rosie asked to <laughs> they could have one of the bedrooms, and I told her no. I go, you guys just continue sleeping in my room. I don't want you guys, you know, clear back here in this room. And they go, well, Grandma's moving back in with us. She'll be with right by us. And my husband goes, oh, let them have their room. Uh, so we got them some curtains for their room, and we put an extra bed in there for Robert. And we had a dresser right by the window. And so they were happy that they had their own bedroom mm-hmm. and you never would think you know somebody would come into your apartment complex and take one of your kids no I'm sure that's the furthest thing from your mind especially no. I, I just I don't think of Salt Lake City as a high crime place you know well we never did either other than them trying to steal cars you know or something but you never heard about kids getting kidnapped or after sexual abuse or anything and and when this happened with Rosie it was just heartbreaking to me because I knew she was sexually assaulted but I didn't know exactly all the information that happened to her or what they did to her until I got her medical records and some of the big words I didn't understand, but 
just reading some of that, I just um, broke down, and my of sister course. had to take the the Can't papers away from me. He didn't want me reading them anymore. So it really mm. broke my heart to, to picture her going to that all by herself mm. and nobody defending her. Mm, so sorry. I can't, I can't even begin to imagine. Again, this took place August 13, 1995. The tip line number is 388-258-3313. You can go to whokilledrosie.com. You can also go to the Utah Coalition, Coalition for Called Cases website. <coughs> or they could contact uh, Jason Jensen. That's the detective? Yeah, the private detect uh investigator. Okay. Um I'm gonna say thank you so much. Thank you for everyone listening. Um thank you for Mar- to Mary Rose for calling in. Um thank you for Louine for doing the show. I appreciate that so much. Goodbye. Have thank a you. Wonderful summer evening. Thank you. Bye bye. You're very welcome. Good night. Bye bye, everyone. Good night. Bye.